But what we're talking about tonight is the spiritual gift of mercy. When you see someone that has a need, maybe it's a small need, and maybe they're poor, you meet that need and you watch. God will meet a need in your life. He'll bless that back to you. That's the exciting thing about all of this. Now we're going to finish off this study that we began uh, several months ago on spiritual gifts. And I hope that you've found it interesting, all of the different gifts that we've looked at. Every Christian has a minimum of one spiritual gift. Most all Christians have more than one spiritual gift. And we've already examined the spiritual gifts of pastor, teacher, ministry, faith, helps, giving, uh, government, ruling. We've uh, looked at 10 of the 11 gifts. And we have one left. And that's here in Romans chapter number 12. Did I say two? Did I say two? Yeah, I've been making a lot of mistakes since I've been coming back off holidays. Maybe I needed more holidays. <laughs> or less. Maybe less holidays. All right, Romans chapter 12. Not 2, 12. All right. Um, let's read verse 8. Keep your seats. Let's read verse 8. And then you try and tell me what gift we have not covered and what gift we're going to be covering tonight. Okay, let's read out loud verse 8. Or he that exhorteth on exhortation, he that giveth, let him do it with simplicity, he that ruleth with diligence, he that showeth mercy with cheerfulness. So what do you think? What have we not done? You want a hint? Starts with the letter M. Mercy. Mercy. Believe it or not, that's a spiritual gift. Mercy. It says right here, he that showeth mercy with cheerfulness. So we're going to study that. And I think you may be amazed. You just might be amazed at this spiritual gift of mercy. Let's begin with prayer. Our loving Father, thank you once again for being so good and kind to us. Thank you for being merciful to us. Our Father, help us to learn about this spiritual gift. They're all good and we need them all. It's, it's as if they're all our children and we have to have them all. We, we're not complete without them. So, Father, help us to understand tonight this gift of mercy. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now, as you go through your Bible, as you read your Bible, it's very interesting to read about how rich God is. Uh, would you agree with me that God is rich? Is that a reasonable statement? Yes. God is rich. And the Bible bears witness to that. The Bible tells us that God owns all of the silver and all of the gold all over the world. He owns all the world's wealth. Now, I have read estimates that the world's wealth <clears throat> is in the neighborhood of $300 trillion. How accurate that is, I don't know. I've just read that um, on a couple of different websites. But whatever it is, God owns all of the silver and the gold. He owns all of the, the, the cash reserves. He owns it all. Not only that, but God owns all of the animals. 
all of the animals. Uh, and animals have, have cash value as well. Uh, this would be a very different and strange life if there were no animals. Nothing. Uh, God owns all of the uh, natural resources all over the world. All of the, uh, the timber, all of the water. He owns uh, all the minerals. Uh, he owns it all. The Bible says he owns all of the souls of men. So, what is there, 8 billion people in the world today? God owns each and every one of those. So, God's wealth is phenomenal. And that's just what's in this world. God has far, far more wealth in other places spread out across the universe. I do not believe there are other worlds with people in them, like us. But I do believe that there's a lot of wealth uh, out there that God owns. So God is very rich. But something very interesting that the Bible tells us, that God prizes very highly. And I'd like you to see this. Turn to the right, to the book of Ephesians. So get past uh, the Corinthians, Galatians, then Ephesians. And go to chapter number 2. Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter number 2. And I'd like you to read with me verse number 4. Read that out loud now, please. But God, who is rich in mercy for his great love wherewith he loved us. And so here we learn that God is very rich in something called mercy. What is mercy? Someone says, I know, I know. It's tender compassion. Well, that's a good guess, but that's not what mercy is. Someone else might say, is it pity when we have pity upon people? Or maybe favor, to show favor towards someone? No, those are good qualities and we need those in life, but mercy is different. Mercy is not tender compassion, it's not pity, it's not favor. Mercy is a little bit more like generosity. Now, it's not exactly generosity, but it's more like generosity than it is like tender compassion. The English word mercy is from a Latin word, which means merchandise, merchandise, uh, or um, goods of value. You know, the English language isn't, hasn't always been what it is today. It used to be almost a grunt kind of caveman sort of language hundreds and hundreds of years ago. It was a pretty rough and tumble kind of language going back there maybe around you know, a thousand years ago or more. It, it wasn't the refined language we have today. And so it was evolving. It was developing like many languages do. And the Christians back then, they were looking to find a word that, um, that meant to supply someone's need, to help someone needy, to, to meet their need, but to sort of wait till later to get your payment. Like as if to wait till we get to heaven, say, to get paid. So the Christians were looking for a word, and they found this word. And it was translated from Latin. Now the word mercy. Have you ever heard the word mercenary? Have you ever heard that? 
we tend to think of what? Mercenary is what? Hired gun? Yeah. Some guy who will go off into the jungles and, you know, shoot up and throw grenades and stuff. A mercenary, but he gets paid for it. Well, yes, I suppose that is one definition of a mercenary. But the idea of a mercenary is someone who works for pay. They work for pay. They don't do it for nothing. They work for pay. Anybody here work for pay? Guess what you are. Say it. <laughs> mercenary. <laughs> That's a crazy way to think of it, isn't it? Now, the word mercy means to, to do good, to, to meet a need and get paid for it later, like in heaven. So that's the idea of mercy. So maybe the idea of mercenary might help us to understand it. I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. But um, this idea of mercy is better understood as a generous willingness to help someone in need. And then we'll wait till we get to heaven maybe to get paid for it. So that's the idea of mercy. Um, I have a need, but I, I can't. I don't have any money to meet that need. I don't have any physical strength to meet that need, but I have a need. You come along and maybe you have the money or you have the physical strength, and so you make a decision. Well, he's got no money. He can't pay me to do this for him, but the Lord will pay me. You know, either here or in heaven, but the Lord will pay me. And so I'll go ahead and I'll help him with his need, and I'll let the Lord pay me. That is the idea of mercy. And some people have that as a spiritual gift. Isn't that something? Us humans often are born and we live our lives kind of selfish. Now, granted, that's sort of normal. When we're born into the world, all we know is us, pretty much. You know, we know when we're hungry. We know when we're not feeling well. We know when we need a diaper change or something. Our little world revolves around us. That's how we're born. And so I fully understand that. But project that forth 10 years, 20 years, 30 years. Now this little baby is now 30 years old. A growing man or growing woman. And they still think the world revolves around them. So what's wrong with that picture? So this is the human nature that we have to deal with. And yet some people at salvation have been given a gift called mercy whereby they can see someone in need and they can go and help that need, meet that need. That's an important part of a local church. And I'm so happy and so glad that people in Bible-believing, born-again, gospel-preaching, local churches have the gift of mercy. Very important, I think. God is rich in mercy. That's what it says in verse 4. God is rich in mercy. So God is generously willing to help us. Now you might say, well, he can afford to. He's God. He could give and give and give and give and not deplete his storehouse of riches, not by one penny. God has everything. He's got so much. He's in a position to be able to. Well, hold on to that thought because I'm going to surprise you. Maybe I'll surprise you in just a moment. The Apostle Paul told us about a need we have 
in Titus chapter 3, verse 5, says, Not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy he saved us. Now you get the picture? We're lost. We're on our way to hell. We need salvation. We can't save ourselves. We can't buy it or work for it. We can't uh, deserve it or earn it. Uh, We can't win it in a lotto. How do we get salvation? God looks upon us and God is rich in mercy. And God sees our need and he knows we've got nothing to be able to pay him with. And so what he does is he will meet that need and he'll wait to get paid later. And of course, for God, he may have to wait until we get to heaven because oftentimes we're not as good a Christians as we ought to be. But when we do get to heaven, we're going to fall on our face before him and worship him for all eternity. In heaven, we will not be hindered by the flesh and the effects of sin and a sinful world on us. Our minds will not be clouded with worldly thinking. We're going to be in heaven. We're going to leave all that stuff behind. We're going to have a new purity about us and a freshness and a freedom to be able to really live to the glory of God. And that's God's real paycheck is then. But I mean, we can start paying what we owe them a little bit now, can't we? With worship and thanks and praise and service and faithfulness and all these things bring him honor. And it sort of helps to sort of pay a debt we owe. Uh, Jesus paid it all. All to him I owe. That's what the hymn says. And so here's an example of mercy. God sees our need of salvation. And so he has the ability to save. He meets that need And then he'll wait to get paid later. So Titus chapter 3, 5. Not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy he saved us by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost. God's mercy doesn't stop at salvation. Oh no, it goes on. And by the way, God is not merciful only to saved people. God is a merciful God. God is merciful to unsaved people. You and I were unsaved at one time. Was not God merciful to us, even in our unsaved condition? Did he not give us jobs? Did he not give us health? Did he not keep our hearts beating? Did he not keep us sane and clothed and in our right mind? Oh, yes, he did. And God is a giver of good things, and God delights to give good things, jobs and blessings and even answers to prayer. Now, we won't turn there, but Psalm 136 is an excellent psalm that teaches about the mercy of God. The first two verses, there's 26 verses in the psalm. The first two verses go like this. O give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. O give thanks unto the God of gods, for his mercy endureth forever. And then the next 24 verses talk about all the different things God does for people. And at the end of each verse, it says, for his mercy endureth forever. And he does this, for his mercy endureth forever. And he does that, for his mercy endureth forever. You see, God is rich in mercy. That's quite neat when you think about it. How God can be so rich in this. Now, I ask you, are you interested in God's mercy toward you? Are you interested in God being merciful to you? Because I am. Boy, you know, I'd get both hands and both feet up in the air. eh? I want God's mercy in my life. I hope you want God's mercy in your life. 
I think only real unsaved devilish people don't want God's mercy. And yet they still are recipients of it. That's amazing to me. Psalm 18, verse 25. I want you to see this. Turn here with me, please, to Psalm 18. And we're going to look at verse 25. Psalm 18, verse 25. Now, we want God's mercy in our lives. Let's read out loud verse number 25. Psalm 18, 25. Let's read. With the merciful, thou wilt show thyself merciful. And with an upright man, thou wilt show thyself upright. And so here we have something interesting. It says here that if we are wanting more of God's mercy, then what must we do? Who can tell me? Show ourselves what? Merciful. It's sort of like the law of the harvest, right? You will reap what you sow. It's God's interest for us to be merciful. And he says, if you show yourself merciful, I'll show myself merciful to you. And it's almost like a little deal that he wants to enter into with us. Very interesting. So it suggests that if we are not experiencing, let's say, generous amounts of God's mercy, the answer could be that we ourselves are not showing generous amounts of mercy to others. If you sow a little, how much will you reap? Can't hear you. A little. If you sow a lot, how much will you reap? A lot, yeah. And when it comes to mercy, and remember what mercy is, it's God being generous, and not only generous, but willing. His willingness to be generous toward us. Okay? And so if we want a lot of that, what must we do? We must show how much? A little? Say it. A lot. We must show a lot. If we only want a little bit of God's mercy, then just go ahead and show a little bit of mercy in your life to someone else. But if you want to experience a lot of God's mercy, you need to show a lot of mercy to others. And God will show you where you can do that. And so we have sort of a law of the harvest. We reap what we sow. Um, The spiritual gift of mercy has been given by the Holy Spirit to certain ones in the local church so that they can minister to certain people that have needs, but also to encourage us, the rest of us who may not have the gift of mercy, to encourage us to be like them, to do what they're doing. It's as if they're saying, watch me. Now, people with the gift of mercy don't do this. They don't say, hey folks, watch me, I'll show you how it's done. They don't do that. Rather, they just go ahead and they just show themselves merciful. But if we're smart, we'll look at these people and we'll watch and observe them how they show mercy and how they do it and where they do it and when they do it, that sort of thing. And we'll learn so that we can do it. Have you ever learned something off someone else? And maybe you said to them, show me how you do that. And, and how much of that do you use? And, and where do you put that? And, and, and you have to turn this? How far do you turn it? And what buttons do you have to push? Show me how to do that, would you? And that's sort of what we're doing one with another. And people that have the gift of mercy, boy, that's a great gift to have. Because God is 
rich. He is as rich as anyone can be with mercy. And the Holy Spirit has given the gift of mercy to select ones in the church. And so, God says, if we will be merciful and generous like him, then he will be merciful and generous towards us. In Proverbs 11.25, it says, The liberal soul shall be made fat, and he that watereth shall be watered also himself. It's really a law of the harvest. So when we are generous toward others, I don't mean just willy-nilly casting out all of your wealth toward anyone and everything. I mean showing mercy. That's the context. There's someone with a need. You say, I don't know anyone with, with a need. That's all right. God does and he can show you. If you'll say to God, Lord, you show me someone that has a need. I'd like to help meet that need. God will show you. He'll answer that prayer. That's a good prayer. So God says, with the merciful, thou wilt show thyself merciful. When we're generous toward others, God becomes generous toward us. Now, as I mentioned earlier, many of us have this human fault of selfishness and stinginess. And mercy and selfish do not get along together, do they? Mercy and selfish do not go together. We cannot be generous and cheap at the same time. Now, someone who does not have the gift, spiritual gift of mercy, and they're trying to become more merciful, they can experience times of being cheap and stingy, and then they sort of shake themselves as, no, no, I shouldn't be that way. I should be more merciful. And then they'll have times of, of mercy. And then they might backslide and have some times of cheap. Oh, no, no, that's not so good. And then they'll come back and they'll, they'll be more merciful. And that's often our human experience anyhow. So, the fantastic news, and because I mentioned earlier that someone says, well, God can afford to be merciful, but, you know, I'm, I'm not God. I don't have endless resources. I have trouble meeting my own needs. So how can I, hmm? how can I show myself merciful to someone? Well, here's the good news. Every Christian man, woman, or young people can afford can afford to show themselves merciful. There's a, an interesting story about this old guy, and he was a, a miner. He had the pick and the axe, you know, and he was a bit of a prospector. And he would live on little bits of food, and he had this old cabin, and the wind would blow through it. And he, he, he lived as best he could, but he, he was broke as could be. And so anyhow, one day, you know, and he's, hacking and picking away, all of a sudden he discovers gold. And so he, he makes his claim, and it's all done legal and everything. And uh, lo and behold, overnight, the man is a multimillionaire overnight because of this gold that he's discovered. Well, you know, he's a popular guy in town. And now this is all brand new. And so uh, the bank... Uh, manager ushers him into his office and sits him down and, and says to him, and now, sir, uh, you have a, a lot of money uh, deposited to your account. And he showed him how to, uh, to make out a check to draw money out of his account. And he says, I'll, I'll help you with the first one. He says, you'd like to make a, a withdrawal from your account. 
And he says, how much money would you like to take out of your account? And the old guy sat there and he rubbed his whiskers and he says, well, he said, I'll need a little bit of bacon and, uh, oh, I could use a wee bit of milk and a little coffee. He said, well, make that check out for $3. And the, obviously, you know, the man who's a multimillionaire didn't realize how much wealth he had available to him. Well, do you know that's like you and I? We have far, far more wealth available to us than what we realize. As a believer, as a child of God, you have access to your Heavenly Father. You are able to do things, really, that you could never do before you're saved. You have to learn what your wealth is. And if you want to tap into that, go right ahead. You know, according to your faith being unto you, go to God, and instead of saying, well, God, make that check out for $3. Why don't you look around for people of, that have need and say, God, we need $300. We need 100 for this man and 100 for this woman and 100 for this uh, woman over here. And I don't have the money. God, how about you give me the 300 and I'll give it to them. You say, well, that sounds like a, a fairy tale. It may sound like it. But I'm telling you, as God is my witness, that's what the kind of thing God will do. God is able to make all grace abound toward you so that ye having all sufficiency in all things may abound unto every good work. That's what it says in Corinthians. That's the promise of God. We have a whole lot more wealth than what we even realize. So that's the good news. God wants you to be merciful because he's merciful. And he says, listen, let's, let's do this together. We'll be business partners. You find the legitimate needs. I'll help you find them. And then you come to me and ask what you need and I'll give it to you and you meet that need, okay? We'll have a lot of fun doing this. That's the kind of business relationship God's looking for. So you go to God and you say, well, where are they? You show me, open my eyes, help me to see. People that have the spiritual gift of mercy they tend to have their eyes open anyhow. And they can often see things that we don't tend to see right away. Maybe they'll see past something and see the need. And then they'll try and meet that need. And it's wonderful to be in business with God. I believe that. This is fantastic news. This is wonderful, exciting news. We can afford to be generous because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Proverbs 19.17 says, He that hath pity upon the poor lendeth unto the Lord, and that which he hath given will he pay him again. The promise of God is to meet our needs and to show himself merciful toward us. Now, we all know who Bill Gates is. He used to be the richest man in the world. He's now, what, the third, fourth, or fifth richest man in the world? I don't know. He's a whole lot richer in wealth than I am. But I don't think Bill Gates is saved. So in that respect, I'm richer than he is. But anyhow, uh, as far as money goes, material wealth, he's richer than I am. Well, I know that Bill and his ex-wife, they're split up now, aren't they? Melinda, him and Melinda. They set up a foundation in order to help the underprivileged. Let's pretend that Bill Gates calls you on the phone and says, I'd like you to be my business partner. You find people with legitimate needs and you... You meet those needs and then send me the bill and I'll send you the money. 
And so you say, hey, why not? And so the first day, you know, you find someone, they have a need, and say it's $100, and so you meet that need. You send, you fax or email, whatever, the bill into him. The next day, there's a knock on the door, a courier, he's got a check for you from Bill Gates, $100. Wow. Well, that's just a coincidence, isn't it? That's just a coincidence. We'll try it again. So you try it again with 200 and maybe two different people. 100 for this man, 100 for this woman. Maybe they have need of food. Next day, after you send in the uh, knock, there's the courier, gives you a check, $200. (laughs) You know, this kind of thing really happens in life. Not often, but it really does happen. And if it can happen in life, how much more can our Heavenly Father do that? You know, we have all of the promises of God, folks. God doesn't make promises he cannot keep. And his promise to us over and over is give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, shall men give into your bosom. That's the very promise of God. Luke 6, 38. Uh, Another promise that we have, of course, is uh, bringing all the tithes into the storehouse. That's Malachi 3.10. God opens to us the windows. We do it by faith. But what we're talking about tonight is the spiritual gift of mercy. When you see someone that has a need, maybe it's a small need, and maybe they're poor, you meet that need, and you watch. God will meet a need in your life. He'll bless that back to you. That's the exciting thing about all of this. Only God can do this. Now, sometimes God's mercy back to us is in the form of free things. Have you ever gotten something for free? That's nice, isn't it? How about a birthday gift, a wedding gift, anniversary gift, a Christmas gift or something? Do you ever take out your wallet or purse and pay for these? I hope not, because they wouldn't be gifts. You give gifts, you get gifts. That's very true. And uh, sometimes God gives us free things. What else God sometimes do is he gives us things at discounted rates. Sometimes we get a whopper of a deal and we save a lot of money that way. Sometimes things that should have broke down three years ago are still working great. That's all the blessings of God. He is able. If you and I want to constantly receive God's mercy, then we must carefully observe those in our church who have, spirit, who have the spiritual gift of mercy and watch how they behave toward others and take a lesson from them and learn how it's done. Now, how do you know? If you have the gift of mercy, the spiritual gift, you will know that you have the spiritual gift of mercy because you'll have a love and a compassion toward other people less fortunate than you yourself. You'll sympathize with their sufferings. You'll have a desire to help them to get back on their feet. It's my experience that most mothers have this mercy toward their children. Even if their children grow up and kind of go a little bit strange on them and they're not, you know, as nice as they used to be. And yet the mother's heart is still there and is still willing to forgive and and show love and acceptance. And so it seems to me that many mothers show this. Maybe not all, but I think most of them. So there we can take a good example. In the New Testament, a lady named Tabitha in my opinion, had the gift of mercy. It says in Acts 9.36, Now there was at Joppa a certain disciple named Tabitha, 
which by interpretation is called Dorcas. This woman was full of good works and alms deeds, which she did. Do you remember the story? And how she was always at her, her sewing machine and making clothes for people. And uh, she finally died and all her friends and loved ones were there weeping. And God used Peter to bring her back to life. But it seems to me that this lady had the gift of mercy. It seems to me. Now remember, please, all of the spiritual gifts, all 11 spiritual gifts put together form a picture of Jesus Christ. And you know that Jesus is merciful. You know that. So mercy is definitely one of them. And so they form a picture of Jesus and we have the spiritual gifts in the church so we can minister one to another and so that we can learn from each other. If someone doesn't have the gift of giving, watch people who do give. Look at the expression on their face. If you see someone all huffy, I don't think they have the gift of giving. You see someone else who's got a smile on their face as they're giving to the Lord's work. It seems they probably have the gift of giving. And so these are ways that we learn one from another because you get all 11 gifts together and what you have is the presence of Jesus. And that's one reason why you feel Jesus when you come together as a church. And those people that say, well, if I want to worship God, I can go off in the forest. Well, go off in the forest. Go and worship God. But you know, these people, they never do go off in the forest, right? If I wanted to worship God, I can go up to the top of that mountain and worship God. Well, then go and worship God. They never go to the top of the mountain. They just say that. It's just a bunch of baloney they say. But the thing is, they're out there by themselves. They don't have the collective family of God. They don't have the presence of Jesus with them. Because Jesus said, where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst. You can't have that if you're all by yourself. So anyhow, hooray for the local church. Um, how can I learn to be merciful? All right. You've heard the song, mercy drops round us are falling, but for the showers we plead. You've heard that song, the hymn that we sing. Showers of mercy, right? Did I say it right? Showers of blessing. Mercy drops round us are falling. Did I get that one right? Start with the mercy drops. Start with the little things. Don't, don't expect to swim the ocean, you know, in your first lesson. Start with the bathtub. <laughs> Start with the mercy drops. Keep your eyes open for little acts of kindness you can do. Be generous in tipping your waitress. Amazing how many Christians really are stingy when it comes to a tip for the waitress. You can afford to be a little bit generous for the waitress. And you can give a 15 or even a 20% tip. You really can. God will bless you and give it back to you. Show yourself merciful. Be uh, uh, generous in buying girl guide cookies. The little girl comes to the door, right? Oh, she doesn't need you to buy. No, she doesn't, but you be generous. Uh, what I love to see are little lemonade stands on the side of the road. And I'll stop, I'll pull over, and yeah, I love a glass of lemonade. You know, 50 cents, they say. Okay, here's $2, or sometimes here's $5. And you can afford that, right? These are just little things, mercy drops. But they help to teach us how to be generous and merciful toward others. Be generous towards God's work when it comes offering time or the missions. Be generous with your time, especially with your children and with your parents. With the merciful, thou wilt show thyself merciful. So, 
There we have the conclusion of the spiritual gifts. Let's pray. Thank you for watching the message today. We invite you to join us again every Sunday and Wednesday for more inspiring messages from God's Word.